Rikoto. Welcome to the panel, RNZ National. Peter Fafiu and Victoria Stewart with me today. Commonwealth Games 2022, along with all the action, we've been introduced to the city of Birmingham, the second largest city in the UK, with its layered history and culture. Joan Armatrading grew up there. Tolkien is from there. Judas Priest, who knew? And with us is the Lord Mayor of Birmingham, Maureen Cornish. Welcome to the panel in New Zealand, Lord Mayor. Thank you so much. I'm delighted to be talking to you. How have the Commonwealth Games been for the city so far? Absolutely spectacular. Transformational. Um, I have to say, from the very, very start, from when the Queen's Baton Relay arrived in Birmingham, the opening ceremony showing more than one billion people around the world, what Birmingham, Brum, as we call it, is about, to our scene-stealing mechanical bull. That was also something to write home about. It's a great festival atmosphere here around the city to see so many visitors. They're thoroughly enjoying the sport and everything else that Birmingham has to offer, which I have to say is amazing what we have to offer. We have an awful lot of hidden gems here. Yeah. Uh, we still... Uh, we've still got six more days to go, and obviously the closing ceremony to look forward to. So in short, it's been fantastic. It continues to be fantastic. The city is definitely buzzing. It, because it has, one of the things about the Games, it has introduced us, us to the city of Birmingham. And many might have been there, but many might not have. I understand that Birmingham is one of the most diverse cities in the UK, if not the most, does that give a unique aspect to the city? Oh, ah. No, what's that? Is it the games? My apologies. My apologies. That's a fire alarm. Oh, that's all right. No problems at all. Let me carry on talking to you. Can you hear me? Yeah, I can hear you. No, you got to be. Uh, you got to keep safe. No, I have. To, I I have to stop. Oh, you know we can now. Sorry, sorry about that. Um, no problems at all. Uh, let, let, have to apologize. Wow, that's um, all right. Well, yes, uh, we are very very proud that one of the many reasons the Commonwealth Games came to Birmingham is because of our city's diverse population which includes communities from across the Commonwealth and beyond. So many different nationalities, faiths, cultures, all living, working, playing together. And I have to say, we are just so inclusive. We are extremely unique and very happy like that. Are you from Birmingham yourself, Lord Mayor? Yes, yes. I was born in Birmingham um, and lived here all my life, except for uh, a couple of years when I went to Australia, um, which most young people want to do when they're young, is to travel, <laughs> which is what I did, but couldn't wait to get back. Always homesick, always homesick. <laughs> now, um, people have really taken to the Commonwealth Ball. Uh, what are the plans for that? We talked to the creator of that, but I mean, a quite an extraordinary creation. Um, what are the plans? Well, as you know, the bull celebrating multicultural tourism at Birmingham and the Commonwealth, raging through a difficult time, and then being calmed, showing a light of the future. Where we are now, um, the council is discussing with partnerships uh, of what we can move forward in the future with the bull. We would very much like to be able to have it 
remain with us. Uh, but what I would say at the meantime, for the moment, over the next 10 days, in his temporary home in Centenary Square, is for everyone and encourage everyone that's here to come forward and see what a magnificent, magnificent spectacular it is. You actually, if you're not there very early in the morning, you can't get close enough to see it. Huh. Uh, to, to those uh, New Zealanders listening and thinking, well, you know, we're going to go overseas and, of course, London will be a stop, give us a couple of reasons why we should stop in the city of Birmingham. Um well, yes, I can give you a few. One of them would be uh, your Governor-General that I sat with yesterday uh, from New Zealand. They are having an amazing time, amazing time. Yeah. We would love to welcome your listeners to our bold, friendly, vibrant city. As you can see, there's so much to experience and enjoy. Joy, whilst the Commonwealth Games is the Games for everyone, Birmingham is most definitely a city for everyone. We are finding we're talking to our delegates here and to everyone else. They are just blown over with the city. Those that have never been before have been amazed at how wonderful and very, very welcoming the city is. Yeah. Finally, uh, Mayor, would you like to give a message from the city of Birmingham to New Zealanders listening to this? What I would say, um, we would love you to join us. I would say get on a plane and come as fast as you can to see just how wonderful everything is going. But for the future, we will have some amazing legacies from this. We are not just a city here for the Games, which is wonderful. We have three major wonderful universities. We have everything young students need to come here for education and build on what they might decide to do for their own future. Um, and so, yes, we welcome, very, very welcoming. And as I said a little earlier, your delegation that's still here right now are having an amazing time. And I'm quite sure they're also going to come in, be coming back and telling you lots of stories. Indeed. All right. Lord Mayor from Birmingham, Maureen Cornish, thank you very much for your time. You're very welcome. Have a good day. I'd love to go to Birmingham, actually, Peter. I don't know if you've been or not, but uh, it's certainly on my list to do now. Yeah, and she's a good Lord Mayor, isn't she? You know? Yeah, someone says uh, there's nothing like an authentic Brummy accent, and that was nothing like it. Um, but <laughs> the Lord Mayor... <laughs> I was actually thinking that, uh, but uh, Lord Mayor Maureen is from Birmingham, grew up there. Victoria, you been? I haven't, but I was a member of the Birmingham Duran Duran fan club when I was a child, so Were maybe you? that kind of counts. Were you now? <laughs> well, what a medal haul in the last 24 hours, including golds from high jumper Hamish Kerr and squash player Paul Cole, and one last night from mountain biker Sam Gaze. Ryan Hunt is the president of Mountain Biking NZ. Ryan, kia ora, welcome. Good afternoon. Great news for Sam Ryan here. Also, Ben Oliver joining him on the podium. Yeah, it was really great to see the guys execute that race and start to finish, just run away, right away with it, basically. And it looked like a really tough course. Yeah, certainly one you needed. You needed to have a fair bit of power to keep keep that speed up the whole way through the race and navigate it. I mean, it was quite the win, wasn't it? I mean, he Sam was streets ahead, two minutes and 18 seconds in front of the bronze. What else do we know about Sam? What can you tell us about him? Yeah, he's so he's a profession, one of our professional mountain bikers. He rides for a, actually for a road cycling team, Alberton Phoenix. He's 
these days he bases himself over in Girona in Spain most of the time and has has been kind of stuck over there for the last few years with COVID and all the all the restrictions. But I mean, he he's been in the game for a fair while now. I mean, in a lot of ways, when you look at this result on the back after 2018 and what went down there, it, it's quite impressive to see, to see his progression and how he's how he's developed and matured to, to the point where you saw you saw the way he waited on the line for Ben when he won. So that yeah, that was pretty cool. Uh, it just so happens, Ryan, we have a panellist with us, uh, Peter, Peter Fahu, who, whose um, members of his family are just huge, obsessive mountain bikers. So, Peter. Yeah, I think he was more excited that I was going to talk to Ryan Hunt than, uh, than for me coming on the panel. <laughs> hey, look, Ryan, my, um, one of my kids, Thomas, he's 12, going on 13. He's obsessed. He's in the college uh, mountain biking team. He wants to be a professional uh, mountain biker. Um, he's got a couple of bikes wow. that's cost the family, uh, you know, um, half a mortgage. But, uh, um, you know, he's he's obsessed with it. But the great thing is he knows, he sees these guys like um, like Ben and, and Sam and Anton and, you know, and they're role models. You know, they can see the hard work and they can see the effort, but also also the ability to see the joy after they win. So I just wanted to, um, hey, um, say hi, Ryan, and, and, and I'll say hi to Thomas and say I've met, I've spoken with Ryan Hunt. Ryan, a message for Peter's family? Yeah, keep keep it up and keep, keep. enjoying it. It's great to great to see how many kids are, get, are getting into riding and they're getting younger and younger and getting better and better. I mean, to get to, to get to a professional level, it's it's always going to be a tough one from this part of the world in a sport that's primarily based in Europe and North oh, America. Okay. But but there's, there's still you can still have a whole lot of fun on the way, and even even if you don't quite make it there, yeah, it's an awesome passion to have. Yeah, and if he sends you and, and Ryan, if if you if you get any um, YouTube and Instagram uh, videos from uh, Thomas Hyten Farfu, then. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> then, then don't don't blame me. Yeah, blame it on the panel, uh, Victoria. Hey, um, congrats, Ryan, Ryan, on the success of the team. I'm really, I didn't realise that Sam was doing road cycling too in another team in Spain. Is it hard for for um, mountain biking to to keep the good quality stars? Because I imagine quite a few of the cyclists sort of cross discipline in terms of mountain biking versus road versus that speed sprint stuff. Yeah, it, it, it's an interesting one, eh? I mean, traditionally, you, you look at the likes of, oh, I'm thinking, George Bennett, those guys that start, another Kiwi that's obviously had some great success on the road these days, but he, he got, a lot of them got their start in mountain biking and got their skills, so they, so they really know how to ride a bike once they, once they get onto the roadside, and yeah, you look where that can take them. These days, it is, I would say it is getting easier to, for teams to accept that, Riders can do more than one discipline. Where previously, you were, once you'd kind of gone to the road, you were more locked into that. When you look, you look at the mm. likes of you know, Matthew Vanderpoel, Tom Pitcock, your Olympic mountain bike champ, who's riding on the road, and the women, and arguably the women's side kicked that off with a, one of the French ladies, Pauline from Prevost, who was simultaneously road mountain bike and cyclocross world wow. champion in in 2015. Wow. Yeah. Hey, Ryan. Thank you for being with us, and uh, no doubt it'll uh, herald a big response to your sport. This uh, winner from this win with Sam Gaze and Ben Oliver as well. But uh, for now, Ryan, thank you very much for your time. That's Ryan Hunt, there, president of Mountain Biking NZ. Nineteen past four. The panel: Peter Fafuu and Victoria Stewart, with me today. Now to this: a new draft report by the Commerce Commission.
says that the competition for key building products is not working as well as it should. The study concentrated on three key building supplies, concrete, plasterboard, structural timber. And it found that the regulatory system favoured already established products and recommended changes that would widen the choices available and improve innovation in the sector. With me is Jeremy Gray, author for the blog Builders Crack. Jeremy, how's it going? Welcome. Yeah, good, thanks. Thanks for having me. Pleasure. Finding of the report, surprising to you at all? Uh, Not at all, really. Uh, A lot of it has been discussed pretty widely uh, by people in the building industry, and it's a good report. There's nothing especially surprising in it. What do you make of the recommendation of making it easier through the regulatory process for new or competing supplies to be introduced? Um, I I think it's a great challenge to lay down. Um, I think the reason why we have the system in the way it is today is because of a lot of legacy, Um, but we've got a whole lot of new challenges on the horizon. Uh, Green building, um, you know, a post-COVID supply climate, and um, yeah, the the building regulatory system needs to move faster to approve new products. So it, it would be great to see if it could do that. One thing, I know let's go to jump to the panel, Victoria. I am I'm sitting here um, thinking carefully about this. I'm quite interested in, um, like, I, I feel a bit sorry for the Commerce Commission because, you know, all we ever see them doing is making recommendations, which, of course, is all, all that they do. And we kind of knew what they were saying. But and it, would nice, it would actually be nice to see some change happening in the industry. But I don't think it's going to be very easy, is it? Because when you think about um, speeding up the approval of alternative products and stuff like that, well, is that going to create the next leaky buildings and stuff like that? Um, is that kind of sort of some of the worries, I guess, the industry has around that? Uh, yeah, I mean, exactly. The leaking, leaky building saga has been an absolute nightmare for New Zealand as a whole. And yeah, there's going to there's need to be a lot of care taken to ensure that we don't open up, you know, opportunities for build, substandard building materials to get in quickly and be used and create further issues. So that's a concern for sure. Because if you widen the lens, this is not the whole reason, but part of the reason why we got here in the first place, right, Jeremy? Because the leaky buildings issue in Aotearoa was so significant, was so traumatic for so many that something had to be done. Yeah, absolutely. And I think that there were a lot of reactive uh, sort of behaviours to that, not for, you know, no reason, but... I think right. where that's left us today is in the place that we're at and the findings in the Commerce Commission report um, are, are really bang on. Um, we've probably closed up a little too far. Uh, did it, Jeremy, did it, uh, Peter here, did it, did it need a, you know, CONCOM's report to, you know, to again reaffirm that, this, you know, the solo mentality across across the sector? I mean, there was an interesting comment where, you know, the, the various parts of the you know, the construction building industry, you know, the builders and the regulatory, the councils, you know, the lack of sharing of information and the, and the sort of the, the soloed implementation of the current regulatory system. So you sort of want to explore other avenues, but at the same time, you can't, you can't, you can't enhance and, and, and make efficient the current regulatory system. So it, it did it need a report to tell us what is sort of, you know, good way of working? Yeah, <laughs> great, great point. Um, I think that the report essentially 
centralises all of those concerns into one place mm. and allows a good, a good discussion to subsequently happen about all of these issues in one place. But you're dead right, uh, they're wide-ranging and really complicated issues. Just before you go, Joe, one thing that did stick out for me too, I think it's important to note, uh, the prices shown on invoices for building materials should be the price paid. Yeah, I picked up on that, um, and that is really interesting, isn't it? I, I yeah. think, yeah, I, I mean, I'm not sure if that practice is as widespread as what um, perhaps this report sort of raised it as being. You think? Um, well, I'm not sure. I mean, one of the other interesting things that it, it sort of talked about was the, um, you know, these rebate structures. And I wondered if perhaps these rebate structures, that was sort of was that is sort of what it was talking to, whether, you know, entities are getting rebates on and perhaps not accurately accounting for them in, in invoices. So, yeah, I, I'm, I think there's going to be an interesting sort of, you know, further insight and information to come on that. Hey, just finally, before you go, Jeremy, um, you author of the blog Builders Crack, there's been a lot of issues in your space in the last couple of years, hasn't there? Ah, it's, it's been crazy. <laughs> I mean... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, we, we represent around 5,000 tradespeople in New Zealand. Um, we connect homeowners with tradespeople and we we see all manner of jobs and we see all manner of challenges. So, yep, it's, it's been crazy. <laughs> and uh, yeah, I think, I think the roller coaster is going to continue for a wee while longer, to be honest. That is Jeremy Gray, uh, the author or uh, author of the book Builders Crack. Twenty five past four. Now uh, we are going to uh, possibly ditch the uh, airport story until tomorrow. Uh, we've got a friend talking that uh, he was annoyed that his mum asked him to pick him up from the airport. <laughs> <laughs> he said, "Get an Uber, I'll reimburse." And mum got very angry. Uh, I ha- it was such a big conversation that the whole cafe joined in. <clears throat> but something's happened in the course of the last half hour. People have exploded uh, regarding Victoria's I've Been Thinking. Here's one. My husband nearly exploded listening to Victoria's I've Been Thinking. When he drives my car, he moves all mirror seat and steering wheel, doesn't move any back. There has been text after text after text after text about changing settings in cars. It's quite extraordinary. So we have Sally with us. Kia ora, Sally. Kia ora, Wallace. How are you? <laughs> I'm very well. More to the point, how are you and how's your husband? Well, it's funny because he's gone to the supermarket right now in my car <laughs> and he might, he might well be listening as he comes back. Yeah. So he will have moved everything. And I hope he doesn't crash if he's listening to me. But <laughs> I would be really cross if he's changed the radio station there. That would annoy me. Yeah, yeah. I mean, what's, what's the issue here? What does your husband do? He drives a Ute all day like Victoria's partner. Um, and he's a foot taller than me. So he can't physically get into the car when I've been in it because he can't fit in the seat. So he has to move the seat then he does the mirror, then I have the steering wheel really low, so he moves it up. Um, yeah. So it's, it's uh, but he claims it would be impossible for him to move them all back. So. Oh, he claims, <laughs> Victoria, jump in. So he claims Look. it's impossible to move it back. Wow. 
That's a, so sympathies, sympathies, Sally. Um, what absolute <laughs> nonsense. You know, if, if these men are arguing that we can take the time when we get into the car to rearrange everything back, they can take the time. It'll only take 30 seconds to rearrange everything themselves when they get out. It's only common courtesy. Totally agree. <laughs> Can I play devil's advocate here? Because uh, it's like the gym. Some people, um, if you're at the gym and you, you're using weights or you, you're swapping between weights, um, I don't tend to move the setting back to the person. It's just, you leave it as it is. Know, but, it's, but, it's, but it's my car. Agree. Agree with Sally. Uh, look, bad argument, Wallace. But, <laughs> but, but it's, it's, it's your car, but really... I guess your husband's saying it's 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 a partnership, and how difficult is it for you to change it back to RNZ from your life FM or whatever oh, no. they call them these days? No, that would be, that would be terrible. He once mended the aerial of mine on another car with a um, coat hanger, and all I could get for about a month was radio hierarchy. Yeah, okay. That was bad. All right. Just to let you know that Wallace, you know, was indicating to me to jump in, but I, I was shaking my head. You were shaking. <laughs> no. You don't want to get be any part of this, do you, Peter? Sally, lovely to have you on the program. Thanks for listening. Thanks, Wallace. See you. And keep that station to RNZ, by the way. Uh, 28 pass for uh, some more on that. Uh, seriously, Wallace, Victoria needs to harden up and refuse her partner the car keys unless he promises to return all settings to default. Uh, it will be nigh on a deal breaker for me if he repeatedly offended. Oh, my goodness. Um, one cannot accurately restore seat position, the seat's incline and the mirror position to another person's settings because it takes that person to be sitting in the seat to adjust them correctly to their body size and height. I endeavour to restore my wife's car settings, but she leaves the seat so far forward, I smash my knees on the steering wheel getting in. Let's not get started on the toilet seat subject. So is that a point uh, uh, um, uh, from Owen, Victoria, that it's not as easily done as you might suggest? Look, I think these are just excuses. To be honest, if my partner um, made some effort to change it back, I appreciate you may not be able to do it with 100% precision. It's more the thought and the effort, the recognition that it's my car and my settings. And also on one of those texts you read, I have never, ever been accused of being a softie, so thank you very much. Very good. All right. Uh, lovely to have you on the panel. Lots more discussion coming through on that. Uh, we are with Peter Fafiu and Victoria uh, Stewart with me this afternoon. In the next half hour, we are talking about uh, other things, including uh, 25 years of the Sky Tower. Uh, I can recall the really the, the, the outrage when it was first mooted that Auckland would get this big tower. We have none other than the person who designed that Sky Tower on the panel.